What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 17 of Rookie Mistakes. I have to be very quiet because I'm in a house living with eight other people, and it is almost midnight, so there's a quiet time, 11 o'clock, and I was running late this whole week, and by this whole week, I mean this last weekend because today is Monday, October 8th, and I guess that would mean that it's October 9th now because it's almost midnight, but it's not midnight yet, so it's still October 8th. I am now in Tokyo. It is my fifth day here. has been quite the interesting experience so far. I have really struggled, but I have also really liked it a lot so far, which is a good sign because Tokyo, as you'll know if you've been listening, is my last stop on my journey. A little bittersweet, I've definitely been stressed out the past week because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do at this point with my life now that reality is setting back in and I actually have to worry. I can slowly see those dollars getting lower and lower with each day. It is not the best feeling in the world. What I'm really trying to figure out at this point is if I want to try and work here and get a work visa in Tokyo, or do I want to go back home and work there as I continue to pursue the whole podcasting and social media thing on the side? Honestly, I don't really know what to do. It's kind of a pain in the butt to get a work visa in Japan from what I've seen. I obviously don't speak Japanese, so that makes it a lot harder. If I did speak Japanese, I would imagine it would be a very easy thing to get a job here. So don't really know if I should look or if I should just enjoy my time here and then go home. Another thing, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to be here until the new year, which was my original plan. I might have to end up being here two and a half months or so because plane tickets man are so expensive in january because of that stupid new year man and christmas i think last time i checked it was almost an 800 dollars plane ticket to go back to los angeles on january 2nd which is the last day that i can be in tokyo for my three months visa so yeah, that's been stressful, and with each new place that I go, it is always a nice learning curve, because being in a new place, you have no idea what the hell's going on, so you have to figure it out. Some places are easier than others. I would say that this place is pretty difficult in some aspects. I've really been struggling with figuring out the transportation here. Don't know why it's so difficult for me, but it is. Seoul, for whatever reason, was a lot easier than it is here. And Bangkok was pretty easy as well. So I don't know. I think I'm getting the hang of it now that I've been here for almost a week. But those first few days, man, that was really a pain in the butt. I kind of wanted to talk about today because I have had a stressful last week. And I think it's important to talk about the rough times because I don't want it to seem like this is all just sunshine and rainbows. It is difficult. And I've kind of reflected on what's happened and it really just comes down to 
poor decision making on my part. My flight was last Thursday to Tokyo and it was of course it had to be a 5am flight. So that was very fun. I had to leave for the airport at 2am. Didn't end up going to sleep. That was a bad decision but I figured I'd just sleep on the plane. Didn't really get to sleep on the plane but Good news about the plane was that I did not sit next to anyone. Both seats next to me were empty. I don't know what it is about me, but I seem to have a special talent for getting on planes where I have no one sitting next to me. I think I'm above 50% when it comes to people not sitting next to me on planes, which is pretty solid if you ask me. Maybe that just means I'm not liked in the universe. I don't know. Maybe the universe is telling me something, right? But that was nice. However, I did not really sleep on the plane. Then getting into Tokyo, I got in at 11 in the morning, or no, it was one in the afternoon, one in the afternoon, and I had to get a SIM card in the airport. For whatever reason, totally got screwed over, I feel like, but I wasn't really in a great mindset when I was getting the SIM card because I was so tired. Originally, I had looked up SIM cards in Tokyo, and I had found the one I wanted that had unlimited Wi-Fi. And so I found the company for that SIM card, and I went up to the counter, and I was looking at all the different plans to try and find the one that I wanted, but I could not find it for whatever reason. I then had to decide if I wanted to get a different plan, and none of them were really that great, to be honest, and they cost a lot more money than I really wanted to pay. But for whatever reason, in that moment, I didn't really want to like walk away once I had already been there, like committed to wanting something. And so I was just like in a bad place. And then I wanted the one, I just wanted the cheapest SIM card. And then the guy kept freaking bothering me to get this other SIM card and I didn't want to do it. And then he just kept doing it. And that's why I feel like I got screwed over and I ended up doing it. So I paid $48, I think, for a month of three gigabytes for data and then free messaging on whatsapp and facebook i think that's pretty comparable to other plans when it comes to the three gigs definitely think there's better plans out there but i didn't get completely screwed over but that was just another one of those times where i compare it to being in bangkok when i got scammed at the grand palace where i just wasn't in a great place i was really uncertain of what was going on and i wasn't in like I've said, the right mindset to like be aware of what was going on and make decisions. So that kind of happened again. I chalked that up to, I think, two weeks now of just really poor sleeping habits. So that happened. Then had to go get money out of an ATM. And I used my currency converter on my phone to see how much money I wanted to take out. And I unfortunately left the currency in Thai bot instead of the Japanese yen. So when I put in the amount that I wanted to see what it was in US dollars, it was still Thai bot. So it ended up being like, I think $900 or something. And I freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, I can't take out that much money. So I ended up taking out like way less than that. And then I realized after the fact that I had the currency converter on the wrong currency and then had to deal with that. So I did not take out enough money and had to pay the $6 fee to withdraw money. So that just got under my skin as well. So after that, I had to go to my um, house I'm staying at from the airport. I had to meet the person at 4.30 and it was just a royal pain in the butt. Get figuring out the transportation to get there and I was an hour late which was annoying 
just sweating a ton, trying to figure everything out, walking places. I ended up having to take a bus at the end, but the bus didn't come for whatever reason. I waited 20 minutes, still hadn't come. So I decided to walk the last 30 minutes to the house, and that was the end of that day. And from there, it's just been kind of just the the things that happen. This is this is what happens when you travel, and it's something you have to get used to, especially if you're going to be traveling for extended periods of time. Just a lot of things that you would never think would happen seem to happen, and they're not big things by any means, but there's so many little things that just happen to you that they all build up, and it's really, really annoying, and it can really just put you in a really bad place. So that's what's been happening so far here in Tokyo. Another example, I washed my clothes because I had to do laundry when I got to the house. So I did it that night and I had to figure out the laundry system because it was all in Japanese. So just trying to figure out that is an uncomfortable situation. And there's a lot of uncertainty with something like that because you don't really know what you're doing. I kept using the dryer, but it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. Like the timer wasn't going very long. It kept stopping. So I kept trying all these different settings, right? But I thought I had made like way too many clothes in the dryer. So I took out some of them to air dry. So those clothes the next day weren't dry like they normally would be. They were still wet and they smelled really bad. So my room smelled the entire day. It smelled like, I don't even know, like really damp, just really damp kind of with the with the laundry detergent smell and it just stunk up the room completely. I didn't want to shower that night because I got back late on my fr- on Thursday. So I didn't shower and I also didn't have sheets for the bed at that time either. So I just laid on the bed with no sheets, no pillows, no nothing and slept. I was freezing, got terrible sleep, woke up a little bit sick and just one thing after the other and it really has put me in a bad place because with the uncertainty that comes with every new place and then you pile that stuff on and then I think with the combination of not really having slept much the past two weeks like I've been going to bed I'd say on average at least 3 or 4 a.m which is absolutely awful don't really know why I'm doing that and then you take the fact that it's the end of my trip and I have a lot of things that I need to figure out so there's the stress with that I think it's just been a very bad time for me and I've really been trying to figure out why I haven't been doing much these past few weeks in terms of my Instagram. I haven't really been posting on that. I haven't really been doing the things that I was doing in the past to try and continue to learn more about just social media in general. And I haven't still done, I still have not done any YouTube videos. Luckily, I've still been doing this podcast every week. Thank the Lord for that. But I haven't been doing anything else. And I think. Everything I just said really sums up why I feel like that's the case. It makes me wonder if it would just be better to go back to LA after this trip instead of trying to stay here. Because I do feel like, I mean, I was born there and I know everything about LA. It's my comfort zone. I think there's more opportunities, especially for what I'm trying to do. It'd be a lot easier to get a job there, but... On the other hand, something's like keeping me from wanting to go back. I feel like I do want to stay in Tokyo. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe the best word is pride or ego. Because I feel like if I don't try and make it work here, what does that say about me? Because 
plenty of people end up moving out of the out of the country they're from and working and they're able to figure it out and I think just because it's uncomfortable right now and because I really have a lot of doubt and I have a lot of uncertainty that's not necessarily factors that should prevent me from continuing to want to try and live in Tokyo I think it would be a good growing experience overall I do think it would get easier being here over time. That's just really what it comes down to. I've talked a little bit about culture shock. Like I talked about that in Bangkok. And for me, I always thought about culture shock. Like it means you're literally shocked when you go to a new country. Like you're just so overwhelmed by everything you're seeing and things like that. And I wouldn't even say that's what it is. I think for me, what culture shock is when I talk about that, it's just when a lot of things go wrong. A lot of things might pile up because you don't know what to do in certain scenarios because it's a new place. Perfect example would be figuring out a transportation system and being late for things or figuring out just what to do in a restaurant, whether you pay at the front, do you pay at the table, trying to communicate with people when they don't speak your language. There's just a lot of things... And I would chalk it all up to uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty when traveling. It's not something that really ever goes away. At least for me, it hasn't. I thought of this really funny comparison today when I was waiting for the bus. Because I was thinking about how much I struggle in different countries just with the uncertainty because it's so different from what I'm used to. And I think for me, I'm a person that in general tends to lean more to that side where I am uncertain about a lot of things. When I went back to the US after being in Europe, being there felt very different than it did when I had lived there my whole life. I think there was a certain confidence that I obtained from being throughout Europe, and I would chalk that up to just the fact that you're constantly in so many uncomfortable situations while traveling that all the things that used to bother you maybe or all the uncomfortable situations that used to happen where you're from all of that just kind of goes away and you're able to i think appreciate where you come from even more than you did before and then also you have your routines you have the things that you're familiar with there so it just makes being there a lot better than it was before i thought about that and then my comparison was dragon ball z for anyone that used to watch that think about when goku and vegeta used to train in the gravity chamber where they'd increase the gravity let's say like 10 times that of earth or 300 times out of earth and what it did for them is the idea was that it would speed up their movements and their fighting ability their reaction and all of that and their strength And I think that is what traveling basically does for you is think of, and this this analogy is only going to work for anyone that watches Dragon Ball Z, and you definitely should have if you are my age, because that was a classic show growing up, one of the all-time great animes. So glad it's still on. I definitely need to get on that new Dragon Ball Z series because I have not watched it yet. Back Back to the relevant point, though. Traveling is like the gravity chamber, and then once you get out of the gravity chamber and you're back on earth like when Goku and Vegeta are back on earth and freaking Goku's power level is over 9000 and you'll only get that if you get the meme but they're so much stronger on earth and that 
I think you can use that as an example and it's not strength but it's just your overall confidence and i think your ability to handle situations is a lot a lot a lot greater than it was when you left and that's i think especially true for me i had that thought today and i just thought well that's a really good reason to continue to travel because I might pretty much feel uncomfortable almost every day, at least at some point when I'm traveling, but I have to remember that if I went back to the US, it'd be familiar territory, so I wouldn't have those feelings. So it's what it's all doing for me now is it's just all positive stuff. So can't really complain about that. As far as first impressions of Tokyo, like I said, I really like it so far. One of the things I think that is very well known about Tokyo is how clean it is. And I can confirm that is the case everywhere I've been so far. It's super, super clean. The only things you really see are cigarette buds, if anything, on the ground. And everything is just so nice. It's not even that it's, it's not even like things are very ritzy or it's like a wealthy looking areas or anything like that. It's just everything is so modern and well kept and once again, clean. The roads look like they've all been paved in the last few years. The roads are absolutely spotless. They're pristine. They're great. There's no potholes. There's no bumps. They're even. It's just really nice walking around. It's very peaceful. The air is so much better. I think being in Bangkok probably wasn't the best thing to compare Tokyo to because I Bangkok's an absolute awful place. <laughs> as far as air quality so maybe that's just why i think it's so much better in tokyo but it's just amazing getting that fresh clean air breathing that in and the weather is so much better it's not as humid it's starting to get colder which i love and it's just it's great walking around at night i feel very safe i don't feel like anything would ever really happen one thing i've noticed is there's not very many security cameras anywhere Everywhere I've gone so far, well, not everywhere I've gone, but that's one thing I noticed, for example, in Seoul is just how many security cameras there are. If you go to London, it's literally like freaking, I don't need, oh man, it's terrible in London. There's cameras everywhere on every single bus, every single train, everywhere in the metro. It's, I mean, as you can imagine, it's a, it, things happen there. Things have happened there in the past, so it is a lot more dangerous, but in Tokyo, it just seems like nothing I guess really happens knock on wood that nothing continues to happen so they don't maybe need them but that's a great thing the food so far my god I have never adapted so well to a country's cuisine as I have with Japan right off the bat my first meal was traditional Japanese baby I had what do we what do we have it was a Japanese grill and then I've had shabu shabu I had another meal at a Japanese grill. I had a vegan restaurant, which never had a... Actually, I've had two vegan restaurants now. Not a huge fan of the whole vegan thing. Nothing against it by any means, but I do love meat. So that was actually really amazing. They had curry and also ramen to die for. It was a peanut butter ramen, which was very unique. Never had anything like that before. And then the curry was just a vegetable curry with rice so 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 good and it was pretty cheap too it was actually in one of the stations i want to say it was in tokyo station which was weird that it was such a popular place it was there's a huge line out the door today was the shabu shabu which was all you can eat so i paid i think 25 dollars for all you can eat shabu shabu which is a hot pot so you get all this raw meat basically 
And then you have a buffet style where you can get all the vegetables you want. There's salad, there's rice, there's noodles. And you take it back to your table, you put it all in the hot pot and cook it as you go along. And you just enjoy the meal. That seems to be the thing to do everywhere in in Korea and Japan is just you cook your own food, baby. I think it's actually a really good thing for me because I am a very fast eater. I have a very hard time slowing down and having to cook my own food is very, very effective in making me slow down to eat because, I mean, you have to cook your own food, so it's not like you can just shovel it all in your mouth. It's not like it's all available to you in one in one fell swoop, as I like to say. So that's been really nice for me. It's really easy to tell the quality of the food here, whether it's the meat, the vegetables, the rice. The rice is to die for. People always talk about Italy, how you just can't compare Italian pasta to pasta you get, for example, in the US. Like it's night and day difference. Can confirm that's the case. Also, the same is true with rice. Rice in Japan is just on a whole different level than it is in the US. It's not even close. It's so, so, so amazing. I don't know why it's as good as it is. The texture is completely different. It's almost like it's it's not it's not even stickier, but it just it holds together better and it just the way the texture is in your mouth, it just it's completely different than the normal rice you like typically get in the US. So absolutely love that. The meats, the vegetables all taste amazing, the sauces are great. I think the only downside really to eating all this food is just the sodium intake, but it's really easy to see also how thin like why Japanese people are pretty thin for the most part they eat extremely healthy it's all meats and vegetables it seems and then rice is really your only staple as far as the carbs I'd say I mean you can get obviously your junk foods and all that but the the common food here is meat vegetables and rice whereas in the U.S. man it's pizza burgers and all the other fun tasty things that we have there in America so that has been an eye-opening experience I could easily eat Japanese grill shabu shabu whatever I could easily eat all of that every single day for the rest of my life with no complaints it's absolutely to die for so surprised it's not even like I don't even know if it's about the flavors there are great flavors but it's not like there's a huge variety of flavor but once again, the quality, it's just, for me, it's all about the quality of the food. That was my problem with Thailand. Sure, the flavors, the smells looked and smelled amazing, but the quality of the ingredients in most of the cases are just, it's just not on par with anywhere else. It's just not, I don't know, man, it's just not that creative stuff. So I really struggled with eating food from there. So I look forward to exploring more of Tokyo food. I still need to do what else? I need some tonkatsu curry, one of my favorite meals. Loved eating that in Seoul. Now I'm in Japan, gotta find that, see how it is there. And then also I need to eat ramen. And those are pretty much, I think, the main staples of what's popular here in Japan, the main foods. Looking forward to that. It is on the pricier side. I think like the all you can eat was 25 today, but in general, that's pretty much what you're paying is 25 a person for these meals. And you're not getting a ton of food, but I mean, in the case of the buffet, you can literally get all you want. There was seven plates of meat that we got 
you can get all the rice you want, all the vegetables you want. Like literally, I'm not even kidding. Like when I say you can get as much as you want, you can actually get as much as you want. It's not one of those things where it's like you kind of politely just get your your basic like, oh, here's my set of meat that I initially get and here's my vegetables that I chose and my rice. Like you literally can keep going up and it was just absolutely amazing. But in the case of the other places and the other places are obviously a lot more high quality, I would imagine, because all you can eat they've got to be making their money somewhere right so i don't think it's the best quality but still even for the lower quality it's still a lot better than what you can get in most other places i would think like in the u.s for example it's it just it just tastes a lot better especially the vegetables like the meat a lot of the meat it is fatty which is a total new experience for me because I don't like fat at all on my meat. I've always been a little pain in the butt when it comes to think, like eating fat on my meat. But I was eating today, man. I was just eating things. It was it was beef, but it was sliced like a strip of bacon. And I'm not even kidding. It was straight up just all fat. And I was just, just putting it in, in my mouth, going to town, eating one after the other because I had to finish it. Wasn't the biggest fan, but it definitely wasn't the worst thing in the world which I normally would not have eaten in the past. So that's one of the nice things about being in a new place is you're more open-minded and you're more likely to try new things. So we've got the, oh, I didn't even remember. almost forgot to talk about this one. So one of the nights at the Japanese grill, they brought tongue. And I didn't know that it was going to be tongue. The, the meat that they brought, it was just, you know, your general set of meats that they prepare for you. I noticed on the platter that it said tongue in one of the sections and I was like, oh my God, like I can't believe that's actually tongue right there. And I wasn't even mentally prepared for that. I didn't even realize that that was something that was eaten in Japan. I had forgotten about that. And so, you know what? I did it. I ate the tongue. It was a lot thinner than I think I was thinking of a human tongue when I was thinking of what it would look like. But it being a cow's tongue, I also don't really know what a cow's tongue looks like, but the the tongue was sliced very thin, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It really did just taste like beef. It was a lot chewier than your normal beef, especially with it being thin and chewy. That was an interesting texture to be chewing on, but it was very good, I have to admit. It was weird, though, eating it and just thinking in my head as I'm chewing, like, wow, I'm eating tongue right now. So that kind of, I don't know, that kind of made it a, a weird experience where... I couldn't, I couldn't quite get over that fact, but it was good. So can't complain there. Proud of myself for trying new things. I don't know what other weird things there is to eat here. I feel like, is there a brain in Japan? I bet there's brains somewhere in Japan that you can eat. I don't think I'd eat that. That might be, that might be where I draw the line at brain. So we'll see. We'll see if I have anything to report in the future about weird dining experiences. One thing I also have noticed is, for anyone that doesn't know, Japan is kind of in trouble because their population is heavily, heavily elderly people. If you look at their population pyramid, it's inverse where the most representations of ages is from like elderly people. So Japan's not really going to be able to fulfill, I don't think, the jobs that are going to continue to come as people get older and older because less people are having kids. There's a whole industry with Japan. It's very fascinating. I was I was watching this on YouTube and I definitely want to explore it, I think, when I'm here. But Japan's essentially commoditized 
relationships to where you can get everything you need out of a relationship without actually being in one. You can just pay for it. And I thought that was very fascinating. I don't understand why it is the case. From what I've read, it's just because for whatever reason, because women are now and more and more women are working and being more career oriented, they don't want to be in relationships. And then also there's this thing with the men, how they're not really able to provide or be, and I guess be an attractive partner because they don't make enough money because apparently a lot of the jobs in Tokyo are contract work or short-term work. It's not like it's all long-term where you have a stable income. So there's just a lot of men out there that aren't really able to hold the job. And so that also is a problem, which is weird because if the if the population is mostly elderly and that's going to continue to happen, you think it'd be a lot easier for men to get jobs or just people in general to get jobs. But I, I don't know, I guess that's not the case as, as of now. So what I've seen so far, really weird. You can go to cafes and you can pay for this girl and it's not anything sexual or anything like that, but you can literally like cuddle with the girl. You can have her massage you. You can have her, and this one I thought was really weird. You can have her wax. Is that how you would say it? Wax your ears or like remove, like take Q-tips and remove the ear wax from your ears while you're resting your head in her lap. That one's like, that one's big money, baby. That one costs a lot. That's one of the higher item menus. So I think that's also the weirdest. You can have her dress up in like a maid outfit. You can have her lay next to you and stare deeply into your eyes. These are all things you can pay for. So there's that. Then there's other things where it's, there's these bars that women go to and essentially they're paying to have conversations with men, but it's not anything. Once again, it's nothing sexual. It's not like they want sex out of it. It's just strictly to have a conversation, I guess, to have company and that's all they get out of it and all they want out of it. Nothing else, no relationship, no nothing. And I just, I don't know. There's just so many things that I think are are very um, curious to say the least. And I really want to look more into this. So we will see in the future about that. I thought that was interesting about the uh, really noticing the elderly because I knew going in to hear that there was a huge representation of the elderly population here in Japan. And you can really see that just walking around. There are so many elderly people and I would probably say so far i've seen more old people than i have like young people which is really weird because that's not something you would normally see anywhere a lot of people ride bikes i've seen more people riding bikes than anywhere else i've ever been in the world so far i think that also probably is a testament to why the japanese are so thin and are in good shape that's been interesting also the the trains here in tokyo actually when you look on the, the trains, literally almost everyone is looking down at their phone. And if they're not looking down at their phone, then they're likely passed out head, not like head down or head up against the window, just absolutely passed out, like looking like they're dead, looking like they're never going to wake up again, which is really curious to me because I also know from my, just my research on Tokyo, there's also a pretty, um, pretty like huge work culture to where people are constantly working long hours and they're just doing it like day after day after day like people are working 18 hour days 20 hour days and they just rinse and repeat and so i wonder if 
seeing these people on the trains if that is or, or if that is those people it's like the effects of them working those hours if those are people that are specifically working hours like that because it just seems like so many more people are exhausted on on the trains and just so many people sleep it's it's absolutely nuts how many people are asleep on these trains and a lot of people too they don't look very happy like on the trains they don't look happy but in general when you go to a restaurant like when i've been to a restaurant or i go in a store people are very very nice i think so far the japanese have been the most hospitable and the nicest people i've met so far just across the board out of any country getting to like into the uh, Naruto airport everyone was so welcoming and nice which I was very surprised by because I just wasn't expecting it it wasn't like I thought people were going to be mean or anything but I just wasn't expecting people to be so nice and then in the restaurants everyone's very nice everyone's very respectful it's just overall a great place so far I think I don't know it really like talking about all that it really makes me want to live here a lot longer but just like trying to get used to a new place especially when you don't speak the language it just makes it so freaking hard man and it's really i really respect people that end up leaving their country to make a life for themselves somewhere else and it's not like i want to live in tokyo like for the rest of my life or anything but it would be cool to live here for a while to learn more about the culture it's definitely very fascinating and then to get my bearings in the culture and see if i'm capable of doing that i definitely want to test myself and see if i'm able to but i don't know I started learning Japanese as well. That's been interesting. I have hiragana, 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 yeah. I have hiragana down now so I can read Japanese, which is cool. I pretty much had it down before I got here. Now that I'm walking around constantly and I'm constantly seeing the the hiragana, it's really good practice for me and it's just reinforcing everything. It's kind of cool to you know, to study something and then put it to use in real world situations and like be able to read stuff. Like I don't know what anything means or anything, but I know what the the word is and I know how it's spelled. So that's, that's pretty cool. It's definitely encouraging to me because I really would like to try and learn Japanese and it would definitely come in handy if I'm going to be living here for more than two or three months. What else can I talk about? Oh, so where I'm living really fast. I'm living in a share house, which is an actual house, but it's with a ton of people. So there's currently eight other people living here with me. And it's three rooms on the first floor, six rooms on the top floor, three three showers and three toilets. Very fascinating how the house works. That The toilets, man, that's another thing that's been weird. The brand is Toto of Toilet, and these toilets are the most high-tech freaking things you'll ever see in your life. They have options for a bidet. They have different settings for the bidet if you want more of an intense squirt of water or one of less intensity. Then there's a scent button where you can have some type of perfumey, nice-smelling thing shot out of the freaking toilet seat, I guess, before you do do the business which is something I've never seen before. And then also, which this one I think is completely hilarious and outrageous. There's settings on the toilet where it's a button and it's a music note. And I guess what it's for is that, so if you play it, then no one can hear you going to the bathroom. And I can tell you from personal experience, I'm definitely a weirdo where it's like if I'm in the bathroom, 
by myself. It's like, yes, I can go to the bathroom now. I don't have to worry about like, you know, any noises or anything, any unwanted noises that might come out of me and someone hearing them. But it's like, as soon as someone comes in the bathroom, it's like I freaking clench up and I'm freaking just waiting, baby. And then it's like a Mexican standoff where you're just, you're just waiting. And then someone else goes to the bathroom and you get that, you have that thought in your head. You're like, you think, oh, please let that person just be going pee or whatever. Like, please don't let them go into the stalls. Please don't let them go into one of the stalls. And then they go into one of the stalls and you just like, ah, God, like, I can't believe this. Now I have to wait. And so, like I said, it's a Mexican standoff. You're waiting for the person to finish. And then that person's not really going to sometimes, sometimes you get someone that's a weirdo like myself. And it'll just be the standoff where no one's going to the bathroom really and we just wait there. Maybe it's been 15 minutes, maybe it's been 20 minutes. Well, if you're one of those people like me, maybe Japan's the place to live because they have an option to play music so no one can hear you. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I'm really afraid to use the bidet. I don't think I will use the bidet at any point. I've been really paranoid about accidentally clicking the bidet button when I'm trying to flush the toilet. I almost did it my first day in the share house and that would have been absolutely a wreck. I don't know what I would have done if that happened, man. I would have freaking freaked out. So that's been a very um, fascinating experience so far with that. All the lights in the house are automatic. It's just a very high-tech theme in Japan. Everything's very efficient. Everything's laid out very well. So it's very, very awesome. Haven't really seen anyone in this house yet. I think I've met three out of the other five people living here. And I don't know where they're at. I think I might go the whole month living here without seeing them. But yeah, what what the what the only difference I guess between this and a hostel is that I get my own room essentially, and there's only nine people total. There's not like fifty people like a normal hostel would be. So that's been nice. I think I'm gonna live here for two months or a month at least, and then maybe try and find somewhere else to live. One of the other things about Japan is it's an absolute pain in the butt to try and find places to live because there's so many freaking fees that you have to pay. There's a guarantor fee, there's a security deposit, which is three months advance rent sometimes, or no, there's a security deposit, which is non-refundable in most cases, and then there's where you have to pay three months rent up front. And then there's all your other fees, like insurance fees sometimes. There's just so many freaking fees that you're honestly, and like unless you're living here and rolling in the Benjamins, there's really no point to freaking trying to live in Tokyo in that in that sense where you're getting your own apartment. So what only option you have left really is to find a place where you can live for short term. With foreigners, once again, most of the places that you want to live, you have to have an American or you have to have an alien residence card, which means you have to be employed here in the country so as you could imagine being a traveler especially if you're staying there for more than a week you know maybe you're staying there the full three months that you're allotted it's really really difficult to find a place to live and so i got lucky finding this place so i didn't have to pay a security deposit or anything it's just rent and then utilities or no i did have to pay a security deposit but it's fully refundable at the end which is what i'm used to so that ended up working out really really stressful trying to figure out the whole living situation before i was here just another one of the many things that has been difficult about tokyo i now think that is all as far as tokyo goes i feel like there is one other thing i wanted to talk about and i don't remember specifically what it was so I think that is going to be it then for the episode. Yep, I think that's going to be it for now, guys. Thank you all for listening. 
really excited for the rest of Japan. Can't wait to see what it has to offer. This was the number one country I was looking forward to visiting in my travels. So far, it has lived up to expectations. If you guys liked this episode, please leave a review. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. If you have any questions about anything, please email me, conjayhancock at gmail.com. Instagram is conjayhancock. Still waiting to post some freaking pictures. I talked about this last week, how I had stuff to post, and I still have stuff to post that I could do. But, oh, that's what I was going to talk about was the zoo. I went to the zoo today and I forgot to talk about that. Oh, well, we'll save that for next week because today is Monday. So technically I could talk about it as next week. Yeah, this is perfect. All right. See you guys.